Welcome to the Osprey podcast and welcome to 2021. Everyone's familiar with the new year, new you cliche. And while it may be cliche, we're here for it. So today we're joined by sports psychologist, extreme endurance athlete and author, Dr. Michelle Ufer, who's going to take us through how to set and achieve the right goals for you this year. So without further ado, I'm your host, Marcus Brown, and this is the Osprey podcast. Dr. Michelle, hi, welcome to the Osprey podcast. How are you doing? Hey, my, I'm great. Thanks for inviting me to the show. I'm really excited uh, talking with you today. Me too. I'm excited to get started. Um, I, I Obviously, we're, we're sort of coming at this from the start of 2021. So uh, everyone's setting their New Year's resolutions. They're going to have certain goals that they're going to want to tick off this year, um, whether that's to get fitter or to get stronger or to hit personal bests or to eat more healthily even, whatever it is. Um, obviously, you're a, a doctor of sports psychology. So it I, what I'm hoping is that we can get some kind of practical tips on how to tackle those goals for the year um, and how to how just how to improve, I guess, how to improve your mental game, how to improve your physical game, all of that. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to jump in. But to start with, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. As you mentioned, I'm a sports psychologist, mental trainer, and also working for uh, business corporations, uh, in team building and leadership development. Um, and one interesting part probably is that uh, all the tools that I'm uh, teaching or using in coaching, I experienced on my own body uh, as I'm uh, an uh, ultra marathon runner and a kind of adventurer. So I really like testing what I'm teaching. Uh, and I've mm. tested uh, all these mental uh, training staff, uh, yeah, on, on five continents, uh, participating in ultramarathon races, uh, doing some climbing and, uh, and adventure, adventure sports in general, mainly focused on awesome. endurance. Yeah. Awesome. So w- where have some of those adventures taken you then? Ooh, they've taken me to the driest place on earth. For example, the Atacama Desert in Chile, it's um, 50 times drier than the uh, infamous uh, Death Valley in the US. Um, oh, I've wow. been uh, running 250k uh, in winter at the Polar Circle in Scandinavia. I've been in the Namib Desert, um, in the Kalahari Desert, uh, in Namibia, South Africa running but also researching so being in a kind of double role as an athlete and as a scientific researcher um, i've been running in um, in india in nepal the highest marathon in the world and also ultra marathon wow. uh, i've been in uh, fiji uh, participating in the very first um, Ultra marathon in, in the South Pacific, which was an amazing experience as well. So, yeah, uh, quite diverse uh, the experience and the spots where I've been uh, running and moving. Yeah, so I think that um, proves your point about having tested what you're teaching. <laughs> uh, you know, you've, you've certainly uh, taken it to the extremes yourself. One of the things you mentioned there 
which purely because you mentioned the distance, you said, did you say 250 kilometers in the polar circle? Exactly. That that must have taken several days, right? Yeah, there's there's, uh, different types of races. And uh, one of my favorites uh, so far is uh, um, stage races. So the distance of 250K is divided into four, five, or six uh, sections or days. Wow. So uh, the, the longest distance per day may be up to 100K. And after Oof. that, uh, yeah, you, you're staying, I don't know, in a tent, in a group tent with 15 other people. Or maybe when I've been running in, in the Amazon rainforest in Peru, we just had a hammock with us and we had to put on hammock between two uh, trees and a tarp because it's rain <laughs> in the rainforest. Mm-hmm. So we had to protect ourselves from the rain. And uh, yeah, and then in the evening, you, you try to recover uh, in order to be ready for the next day, uh, the next uh, stage of the race. But recovery is kind of uh, relative because uh, you don't really recover. Uh, you don't have a lot of time uh, and the races I'm participating in are generally self-supported races. So uh, another challenge is that you have to carry all your equipment with you. So you're running with a backpack, and in this backpack, in this backpack, uh, you have to put all your need to survive during uh, a race in the desert or in the rainforest or in, in the Himalayas. Meaning for several days. For several days. You have to put your um, sleeping bag, mattress, uh, uh, change clothes, first aid kit, and your food as well. Uh, so uh, the weight is about 10 kilo. Uh, and this really changes everything in your running style. And mm. you have to train for this. Uh, it's, it's not like running in the park. Uh, it's, it's kind of different. Yeah, so you're 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 running these these huge distances. I think it's worth for anyone that doesn't run. It's probably worth pointing out that fifty kilometers is already an ultra marathon, <laughs> and you're and you're doing single days of one hundred kilometers, followed by another single day of fifty seventy five. I mean that that is that surely that is about as extreme as it gets, right? Are there races that are worse? <laughs> um, well, there, there is other type of races. There's longer races. And there is, uh, my, my focus uh, till now are stage races. Uh, but you can also do it uh, as a nonstop race. Uh, so without uh, daily stages and uh, uh, resting at night, just going through. It's a different type of race. It's not easier. It's not harder. It's just different. I like the mm-hmm. stage race because you're really getting very close contact to, to other competitors because at night you're together and uh, there's a kind of camp life and uh, you socialize uh, and uh, the ambience is kind of magic because you... Uh, Camaraderie. Yeah. On the one hand side, you're competitors. On the other hand, uh, yeah, there's a lot of teamwork. You help each other. And yeah, this is amazing. That's really cool. Um, okay, so let's let's start talking about setting goals then. There's going to be a lot of people out there, I, I think, especially after such a tough 2020, that are going to be wanting to set personal goals for 2021 and actually stick to them. So I suppose the first question is, how do you go about setting a good goal? 
what is a good goal? Oh, a good goal is a goal uh, that fits to you perfectly. <laughs> it's as easy. <laughs> but yeah. the, the problem is uh, we, we all set goals anytime. Uh, we set many goals. But what I realize uh, when working with my clients, whether athletes, managers, or people who just want to um, realize personal changes, they set goals, but in a quite uh, superficial, superficial way. There is missing some essential parts that uh, help stick to the goals. For example, um, a marathon runner. He might choose the goal, ah, next year I'm going to run, uh, I'm going to finish a marathon in four hours or three hours, whatever. Uh, doesn't matter the time. That's, that's a goal. Uh, interesting goal, challenging goal, depending on your personal uh, level of uh, uh, fitness and whatever. But there is missing an essential part. Many people just set their goals on a, on a result level. Like running in 3.30, a marathon, or losing five kilograms of weight. That's a very important part of goal setting, but that's just one side of the medal. The other side of the medal, which is uh, of same importance, is a process goal. And process goal gives you an answer on the question on how do I want to achieve my goals? What do I want to experience during the process? And if you can find uh, an answer that really fits, that makes you feel ah, energized and, and comfortable, then you're on the right path. But very often, this information is missing. And what I've learned during many years of mental training with clients is at the moment we, we get access to process goals, the people get... Uh, um, uh, they get uh, an understanding for how do they want to feel during the process? How do they want to master maybe challenging situations during the process? Uh, they get a lot of tools or access to, um, uh, to points where you can start with mental training that can be very supportive. So this is uh, one of the key points not just uh, setting goals on a result level, but also on the process level. For example, if you get back to the runner. Um, when I did my first race, uh, uh, my first race ever was a 250K race in the Atacama Desert in, in South America. Uh, before that, I was not an experienced runner. I didn't feel, my, felt my, feel myself as a runner uh, I didn't train systematically. I was a former soccer player. And soccer player normally, they hate running. They want to play, but they don't want to run. <laughs> and uh, running for me was always boring, awful. And I didn't like running. Uh, but then I combined the, the element of running with experiencing adventure. And suddenly, the running for me became uh, interesting because it was um, a way to go out, experience adventure, and also testing out my personal limits. And when I started setting my goals for, for this 250K race, of course, the first goal was I want to finish the race. 
It was my first. I just wanted to finish, nothing else. Finishing the race somehow, maybe on all four, uh, like a dog or whatever, just finishing. Uh, but then I started setting process goals as well. How do I want to finish? What do I want to experience during the process? Which is somewhat hard and tough. Imagine running 100k a day in, in the desert. It's hot. It's uh, 40 degrees Celsius plus. Uh, you have uh, tons of sand in your shoes. You have 10 kilogram backpack and it's tough. So I was defining process goals like this race for me should be like a kind of party. This may feel strange for all the guys out there listening to the podcast because running 250k, that's not a party. Yeah, but this was my process goal. I wanted to be like a party because I like being on parties. I like to socialize. I like dancing, being in a good mood. And uh, I defined the process. Yeah, should be like a party. And I then, from, from this overall goal, started setting sub-goals. Like, when I reach a checkpoint, you know, during these races, every 15, 10, 15, 20K, you, um, you get to a checkpoint. Little tent where you get fresh water and a doctor checks whether, can, uh, whether you can uh, continue running or not. If he feels like you're, you're not fit enough to continue, then you're out. So my process goal was when I arrive at the checkpoint, uh, I feel fresh, I feel good. Uh, and as the race is like a party, I start dancing with the medics. And uh, that exactly happens. I arrived <laughs> at the checkpoint at every checkpoint uh, I started, and it was in South America, I started dancing a bit salsa. Uh, <laughs> and they were looking like me, how, how crazy this German guy. But this helped me get through because I was in a good mood. I was not focused on, oh, it's so hard, it's so hot, the feet are aching. My focus was on something different. It was on right. emotions and images that helped me get through a hard time. So this is a little example. Another example, very, I used it in a very strategic way. I defined what are the key challenges for these races. And one key challenge during a 250k foot race is your feet. <laughs> it's as simple as that. It's your feet. And in many races, people struggle or maybe have to leave the race because their feet don't support them anymore. They get blisters like crazy and uh, whatever. So I define the feet should keep fresh. The feet should uh, be all right during the whole race. And this is the, the, the result goal. The feet should be good. And I then switch to the level process goal. How do you want your feet to feel? How they should be? And I define they really should feel fresh. It's crazy. In the desert, your feet don't really feel fresh, but I wanted them to feel fresh. And from this process goal, I developed uh, what kind of mental training strategy and image an internal image that helped me keep the feet fresh. For example, um, I work with an image, you open or close your eyes, and then you can imagine walking, I don't know, in the mountains, in the, in, in the Alps, wherever, in the morning, 
fresh morning, you're walking barefoot, barefoot um, on, 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 on the hilly grass, and it just feels fresh. You, you, you really, if you, if you, uh, when using this image, you really have to focus on, on the image and uh, try to get every senses involved. And as vivid the image is, as probable, you get exactly the feeling in your feet. So the feel, the feet start feeling fresh. And I use these kinds of images during, during my races and help me uh, get through really hard times. So little uh, example on how we should use result and process goals in, in an intelligent manner. And then, um, yeah, use these goals to, to go further in, with mental training. That's really interesting. It's, it's sort of like your... Um, there's there's, there's a, a phrase I've heard before of hacking the reward system where you're you're sort of um you're taking the main goal and you're building back from it so you're making these smaller steps and when you achieve those smaller steps you end up feeling way more positive and then that positivity drives you towards the final goal uh and it's it's sort of like you're you're doing that create these process goals are like the smaller steps prior to the main step yeah you can you can use for both uh, as a general tool and also to define smaller steps uh, in, in ultra marathon running yeah um, you have to go step by step it's uh, simple <laughs> <laughs> literally <laughs> and, and divide I don't know stage by stage or even checkpoint from thing from checkpoint to checkpoint then um, you, you don't have a huge challenge in front of you but a kind of uh, digestible <laughs> challenge or something that's not too hard. For example, uh, one of my clients, uh, corporate manager, had to, uh, uh, I don't know, organize a huge change program in the company. And she said, oh, I don't know where to start. It's, it's like I'm in front of Mount Everest. And then we started dividing the challenge step by step and we use this metaphor the whole time okay if you want to climb mount everest uh, let's start at the base camp or even lower yeah. and uh, then we divided the whole process step by step always keep keeping in mind that it's a good idea to to be flexible and open for changes but still this was yeah. very helpful and uh, the 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 initial challenge Oh, Mount Everest or ultra marathon, or I want to lose 20 kilograms of weight, which might be kind of threatening because it's so huge. Once you divide it into sub goals, uh, yeah, it loses uh, the threaten. So good idea. And uh, when you then reach all your sub goals uh, step by step, yeah, you reward yourself. Uh, and you should party on this. Hey, I yeah, yeah. Uh, achieved the <laughs> sub goal. Amazing. Wow. Time to party. Time to reward yourself. And uh, <laughs> uh, after that, yeah, let's get to the next uh, sub goal. That's very powerful. Yeah, for sure. So I, I train parkour and have done for about 10 years. Um, and that the sub goal thing has been really key for me in the exactly as you've just described what i often do is i get very frustrated 
because I feel I should just be able to do something straight away because I know my I know I'm capable of it, but I can't get my head to do it. <laughs> I can't get my head to run at the edge and jump off and clear to the other, you know, to the other platform or whatever the jump is. So what I've what I've ended up doing in recent years is trying to rather than focusing on the the final goal as you say, take a step back, go okay, what is the prerequisite to completing that thing? What is the first thing that I might do before doing that? Okay, well that's this. Okay, well I'm not going to work on that. I'm going to work three stages before that thing and and then gradually work towards it. And the key thing is not to get annoyed <laughs> at the fact that I'm not just doing the final goal. Because as soon as you start getting into that negative headspace, it's like I, I just get frustrated. I end up I end up literally not doing anything for 40 <laughs> minutes sometimes. I'll just be stood there annoyed, staring at something that I can't do. Whereas by, by breaking it down and then taking the very, very simplest form, the very simplest version of what I'm trying to achieve... And completing that, I'll feel really positive and, and I'll get a little buzz off that. And as you say, you kind of party with yourself and you're like, yes, that is a win. And then you're in a really positive mindset and it gives you, literally gives you energy. Like I feel stronger for doing it. And then you can take that next little step and then that next little step. And that for me over the last year, especially has been a big, big thing. Um, just giving, just allowing yourself, not being so hard on yourself, and just expecting to be able to just do it. You know, just do that that goal straight away. Um, but mm-hmm. being being willing to say, actually, yeah, maybe I'm not ready for that, but I could do this. Yeah, exactly. And the lady that I've been talking about, three years later, we, I was talking to her on on this uh, organizational change challenge. And uh, I was writing a book and I uh, said, ah, oh, maybe we can use this as a kind of metaphor talking about this. And then she said, did I say it was tough like, Mount, Mount, like climbing Mount Everest? Finally, it was not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so that's, that's how, yeah, afterwards, you, you, you know, you, you expand your limits. Uh, Before it, it feels like oh I I'm not sure I can master this uh, but once you're done using for example subcodes and other stuff but once you're done you often feel like okay it was not that hard maybe yeah. or or maybe now I'm ready for even bigger challenges yeah so you you you, you keep developing yeah. Awesome. So I suppose what you're to summarize what you're doing is by creating process goals and sub goals, you're creating an actual strategy rather than just a top line. I want to do this. You're you're detailing exactly as you said how you're going to go about it. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, it's it's very important to having this overall image. For example, I want to take part in the next Olympic Games. Or maybe I want to uh, be the next Olympic uh, champion in whatever sport. It's very important and it's very motivating to have this image. Uh, or I want to cross the Alps uh, on this or that mm-hmm. route or whatever. Uh, it's very important and, and motivating, especially in, during hard times. If you can refer to this image, well, but then in the future, a couple of days, I will do this. I will be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Or if you, maybe because 
only life is so tough, you have to manage work, family, and still want to train systematically, but then you feel like, oh, I'm too tired now to train. If you rethink of your overall goal, hey, but my goal is to cross the Alps, or my goal is to climb uh, uh, Mount whatever, uh, then this might uh, give you uh, an extra kick again and you go out uh, to do your training session. So it's still important to have this, uh, this final goal, but you shouldn't focus on it every day, every minute. Exclusively, and yeah. Research really indicates that uh, those uh, athletes were really very mentally strong. They have a clear understanding of what they want to achieve, but then... They focus on the moment. Tennis player during Wimbledon doesn't have in mind all the time, I want to win Wimbledon, I want to win Wimbledon. If, if you do so, you put too much pressure on yourself, like you said. Uh, but if you focus on little crucial steps uh, that are relevant in the moment, yeah, then you have access to uh, the question, how can I control myself better? What steps do I have to do right now? And how do I want to feel uh, during these steps? And then you can can continue. Or what 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 self-talk can help, what uh, imagery can help, or whatever is relevant in order for you to, to get through or to achieve some goal. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, talk a little bit about your books, because you're also an author. Um, you've, you've written a book. I'm particularly interested in the, the one where you're focusing on, on enhancing motivation, performance, health, and resilience. Um, was that, I'm guessing what we've just talked about probably featured quite heavily in the book. No. Uh, you're talking about the mental toughness for runners. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Um, well, this, this book, um, was originally published in 2016. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was kind of surprisingly for me, within a year or two, it became a bestseller and standard in, in the field of mental training in German-speaking countries. And what's especially interesting, I think, is um, it's not read by runners only or ultramarathon runners, but uh, by all sorts of athletes uh, from all walks of life and even people who are not really uh, into sports, but into, I don't know, corporate management, uh, recommend the book because it uh, it helps. It's it's a kind of workshop in a book. Cool. So it, it gives you a kind of, um, um, it offers at the beginning what, some, some, some foundations on what mental training is and what mental training is not. And, uh, gives you a kind of um, orientation by testing your mental skill set. And from this, you can start uh, setting or, or uh, developing your own mental skills or mental toughness training. We are all very different. We have different goals. We have different lives. So everyone can choose from a kind of buffet uh, what might fit best. And uh, yeah, I've... Uh, I got a couple of uh, feedbacks from athletes who prepared with the book for national or world championships, uh, uh, some others, all, all kind of uh, people uh, told me it's, it's really helpful. Mm. 
Mm. Uh, but you, you you should really get into the in, into the content and and work with it. It's it's right. it's it's really a workshop in in, in this book. Uh, just by reading the exercises, uh, you won't develop. It's like uh, reading a running plan. If the running plan says, "Oh, tomorrow you have to do a long run," and uh, the day after you do some stretching or core muscle training, by reading. You, you won't get any better. You have to do it. <laughs> That's the same with the book. <laughs> so it's an active read, you would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's a, yeah. How do you say? You really have to work with the book. And yep. uh, what's interesting that all the tools, it's, it's no misery. All the tools are scientifically proven. Uh, to enhance uh, motivation, performance, uh, health, and uh, and resilience as well. And I think this is especially interesting right now because mm. all the, uh, the this year there was almost no competition. On and the key challenge for for all of us, for many of us, was to get through the crisis, to master this difficult year. And uh, I did the research. Uh, showing that the tools are presented in the book, uh, they help get better through crisis. So build resilience or improve resilience. So uh, it's not helpful to run faster or further <laughs> or jump from one platform to another uh, <laughs> better. But uh, yeah, to... Um, um, to experience less stress in hard times and uh, wow. stay positive, uh, get better through hard times or recover more quickly after the crisis. It sounds like a very useful book to, to be around right now <laughs> in particular. So I, I, I suppose we'll, we'll come on to three recommends from you later on, one of which I imagine is probably going to be that very book. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. Um, I just wanted to go back to the new New Year's resolution thing briefly. The if if there are a, bit, a lot, I think a lot of people will make a very generic goal like I want to get stronger. Using your system, if that was where they were starting, what might you break that down into? I know that is very broad, but that's kind of what you know. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Really, is if that is how broad their goal is, how would you drill down into that? First of all, before setting kind of sub goals, I would ask the person um, because I want to get stronger. I want to run faster. Is it's it's very general. It says nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so I would recommend to to uh, to set the goal much more concrete. Meaning, uh, what exactly does does it mean to to run faster or become stronger? Uh, a weightlifter, for example, uh, becoming stronger. What exactly? In in uh, making the goal as precise as possible. In what time? Until when? Which day? Do you want to be able to wait uh, or to 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 pull thirty kilo more than last year? Or uh, until what day? Do you want to lose? How many kilos exactly? Uh, so you're getting much more concrete uh, into into your goal setting, mm -hmm. and um, and then the process goal. 
okay, uh, if you want to lose 10K within 15 months, for example, uh, once you did so, imagine yourself sitting in a time machine, uh, getting you into the future. And once you arrived at this moment, uh, how do you feel? What do you see? What do you experience? Imagine yourself in the future. Uh, from now on, in 15 months, you lost your 10 kilo. Look at yourself in the mirror. Or maybe there's uh, uh, a double of you watching at you. How does the person look like? Uh, how is the body language? And uh, how do you feel? What clothes do you carry? I've worked uh, with clients uh, for, for TV documentation on this losing weight process. And this was a very essential part. Uh, the, the, the people I'm working with, they told me they had a goal, they want to lose weight, but the goal was never clear at all. And if the goal is not clear, if you don't have an image, it's hard to motivate yourself. No orientation. So when you set your New Year's goal, make it as concrete as possible. So what they, what exactly, measurable, make it measurable. Uh, what exactly do we want to achieve in what amount of time and how do yourself and how do others uh, see, feel that you reach your goals and what, what does it make with you? So uh, an, a very important point is to, to build a memory of the future. Uh, a very attractive, sexy memory of the future. Whenever you <laughs> uh, you close your eyes, you and you let go. You just you are into this memory of the successful future. It must be so attractive. You really have to feel it, and and this is a key part, I think, uh, to start being motivated, getting the the goal as clear, and using every sense in the future. So, how does it feel? Uh, what do I hear from others? Maybe the Person who has lost 10 kilo, oh, wow, you're looking so good in your, uh, in your clothes and, oh, wow, you're moving so, whatever. Uh, so imagine whatever you want and build your memory of the future, which is, which attracts wow. you like crazy. So uh, you're, you're, it's like you're building emotion into the goal. You're creating something that you really want because you it know how be, it's going to feel. Exactly. It, it must absolutely be emotional. If, if you don't have these emotions and a clear image, it will, hard, it will be hard to, to stack to your goals because uh, you don't know exactly where to go. Got it. There we go. So, so be precise and make it emotional. Yeah, you know, be precise, make it emotional and um, check it against reality as well. Okay. Is this goal really attractive for me in person because sometimes we set goals um, that are rather how do you say in English um, not your own goals goals that coming from maybe society or your okay, club yeah. where you're working or your parents or your friends or your partner but if you really listen to yourself maybe it's not really your goal so make sure it's really uh, your goal and uh, then check it against reality is it uh, is it realistic 
for example, I had a client weighing 140 kilos and the client wanted to run a marathon because he had heard about my stories with just okay. three months of training. I ran my first ultra marathon and the client wanted to do the same, but in marathon. I said, yeah, but please check against uh, reality. Is this is it really the, the, the right goal for you right now? Maybe you should lose some weight f first because otherwise you put so much um, uh, strain on, on your, your, your knees and whatever. Uh, and yeah, afterwards, uh, yeah, the goal was changed. Well, first start some walking and uh, losing weight and, and then uh, in the future, Uh, the client uh, was able to adapt, but it mm -hmm. was it was not the goal anymore to, to run a marathon. So setting realistic goals also, also every goal everything we do has a price. So when you set your goals, uh, make a little fraction on how much is the price. For example, mm. if you if you have some tough working conditions, you're working I don't know 60 hours a week, 70 maybe. You're traveling a lot. Uh, What's the price if at the same time you want to prepare for uh, Ironman in Kona? Does it fit or does the, your job life is supportive for your athlete's life or vice versa? So and what's the price for, for training? And so you really have to check, is it worth it? And uh, uh, does the family or whatever support me? Uh, I think it's a very, very important question. What's the price and am I able And am I willing to pay the real price for achieving my goal? Mm -hmm. So basically, you just got to think really carefully <laughs> and make, make sure it's the right goal for you. Make sure you know the cost and can accept the cost. And then once you've sorted those two, then you can think about how you achieve it. Process goals, uh, sub goals, and then start. Oh, and a specific dates, specific numbers. And then start working. Yeah, and sometimes uh, all your planning is, but things in life happen. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, so, okay. <laughs> so this is a, this is another key point: stay flexible, because yeah. maybe you realize that your initial goal is set too low or too high. So you mm -hmm. should really be able to, um, to to keep flexible and adapt the goal to your uh, condition and remain positive when that happens. And remain positive, exactly. Or making yeah. it the, 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 this flexibility as a kind of core element of, of the goal planning. Set your goals, but be aware that life's not planable 100%. Uh, and once you have this attitude, maybe, um, many things are, well, you can tackle them more relaxed, in a more relaxed way, I think. I, I think also because there's a lot of, obviously there's a lot of information there. There's like a lot of specific things you need to do. I think one thing I would add is just to write it down because <laughs> uh, holding all of that information in your head, um, in my experience, and anything like that, it's very likely just to get forgotten. But as soon as you write it down, it becomes physical and it becomes rooted in reality then. Exactly. That's another key point. Uh, also, research indicates when you define your goals, you set them, you um, make them measurable, whatever, write them down. It, then it even gets another level. And um, 
yeah, you 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 you're stuck to them. Uh, mm. So write a kind of diary, or how do you say? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, a diary. Yeah, a progress diary, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Training diary, um, whatever it is. Training diary. Yeah, write them down. Write your sub goals down, or write them onto little post-its, and then once you're done with the sub goal. That's what I did, for example, during my uh, PhD. Uh, I pull off the the post-it and uh, I did something with it. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Some celebration, <laughs> creative celebration. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I felt like, ah, uh, uh, approaching or uh, months by months, uh, there were less post-its on my on the wall, for example, yeah, yeah. behind behind the poster, there was another big image uh, that I that I um, where I um, visualized or by painting one of my goals that I wanted to achieve. Oh wow, and, wow! Um, so this, this was my kind of mental gameplay. <laughs> That's really cool. So you painted the image and then gradually revealed it as you achieved the exactly. sub goals. Yeah. Uh-huh. Awesome. That's a wicked idea. I like that. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you a general question. What is one thing that you think didn't get enough attention in 2020 that we should all endeavour to focus more on in 2021? I'm always kind of um, sceptical when I'm gonna when I'm asked about one one tip that fits all. Yeah, difficult. Um, but maybe for those who have the resources to listen to an Osprey podcast, <laughs> uh, <laughs> meaning they have the time, yeah. they have the, the, the money uh, for equipment, and uh, uh, although times are tough, let's be aware that many or most people in the world uh, – each day, or they they fighting day by day just to to uh, get food on the table, uh, to feed their family. They're living in very extreme conditions day by day, and uh, at least this is helpful for me. And I realized, uh, although the times are tough and many plans didn't work and uh, projects uh, were cancelled, I'm very privileged. And um, this helps me a lot. I'm very privileged and there is many, many people who have some uh, severe problems just surviving day by day. And uh, mm-hmm. this helps me. And maybe it helps, can help others too. Mm-hmm. A kind of humility uh, for uh, the conditions uh, I'm, I'm living in. Uh, and and that's not to say that it sort of invalidates your own struggles and your own problems but it's good to help keep perspective and not um sort of spiral i suppose into into a negative mental mental space mm-hmm. yes exactly um cool so then we'll have we're looking for three recommends from you so we're looking for one film or TV recommendation, one music recommendation, and one other which could be anything else. So that could be a book by any particular author you might choose, uh, or it could be an app, or it could be an activity, anything you think is worth recommending. So number one, 
Film or TV show? A film. Oh, my recommendation is well, it's very it's very individual, of course. That's why I choose build your own film. Build your own inner film. I like and, I like the creative response here. I'm appreciating this, this is, already. <laughs> and, and, and this is this is part of the book we were talking about. There you get an, uh, a detailed instruction and how you build these inner films mm. and why they serve so well and why they are such a powerful tool. So build your own film. <laughs> That's awesome. The duty. Yeah, you can you have everything under control. <laughs> so this will be your personal blockbuster. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, okay, and then music then? Oh, music. Uh, I always have some problems when I'm, uh, I'm organizing a 24-hour train race in Germany. Uh, it's the first and only 24-hour train race. And uh, when always I choose the music, uh, people don't like it. <laughs> 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 But... Uh, What helped me personally a lot? Music by Carlos Santana. Okay. Uh, he's, he's combining music from different worlds, which I find very interesting. During my very first race, I was especially listening to two songs, and they really helped me get through the challenge. And I used them in my mental training program as well and how I described in the book. But the one title is Revelations, and the second is Try a Little Harder. Cool. I like them. Probably you don't, but uh, <laughs> they were very helpful for me. <laughs> they, they helped you to, to muster the strength you needed, so they must, yeah, they must be pretty good. <laughs> uh, cool, and then your other. So one more recommendation could be anything uh, you want. When I was going to school, we were working on, on a book, a book by Eugène Ionesco. Uh, Eugène Ionesco. Yeah. Say again, And sorry. Eugène Ionesco. He's called Ionesco. And the title, the German title is The King Dies, or maybe in English, Exit of the King, something like this. It's a theater piece, and... Uh, it really made me think about uh, life and death. And um, one of the key messages, in the moment of uh, danger to life, you start appreciating your life. 40 years now, or no, 30 years, I again and again think about this. And it's wow. for me, it was, it was very, uh, it was a very helpful piece of yeah yeah mm. a piece of literature um, and it's what I experience a lot and, and we always hear of this uh, that people once they get really ill once they have uh, a severe crisis this is the moment where many start thinking and appreciating their life life is beautiful we should appreciate it uh, without uh, Uh, <laughs> uh, heart stroke uh, or whatever crisis uh, might occur but we should just mm -hmm. appreciate and enjoy life uh, for the fullest great all right well 
Thank you very much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I've learned a lot. I'm going to go set my goals for 2021. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I'll, I will check in with you at the end of the year and let you know how it's gone. <laughs> Yeah, let's do that. Make, make them public. This can help as well. Oh, that's a good <laughs> idea. Yeah, make them public. I'll put them on make, my Instagram. <laughs> make, them, make them public and get your community involved. Well, I hope that's helped you out with kickstarting 2021 really positively. There was certainly a lot of great info in there. So I encourage you now to go and stick a map to your basement wall grab a bunch of pins, connect them all with string and build out your fully detailed strategy for your 2021 goals. Thanks, Dr. Uva, for joining us. I've been your host, Marcus Brown, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Osprey Podcast. <laughs>